So hello and welcome to the Oliver James podcast, bringing you conversations with industry leaders, everything you need to know about building connections and how to enhance and elevate your career. Today, we've been joined by OJ's Executive Director and Group Chief Commercial Officer of Brighter Consulting Group, Ben Moses, and Brighter Consulting Group CEO, Dean Manning. So welcome both. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Hi, Steph. Thanks, Steph. Amazing. So um, before we move on to everything, all things podcasts and discussing everything to do with Brighter Consultancy, I think it'd be great if we could get both of you to just quickly introduce yourselves to our listeners. Um, so Ben, if I could start with you, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Thanks very much, uh, Steph. So yeah, I'm the um, Chief Commercial Officer within the Brighter Group, but also um, an Exec Director at Oliver James. I sit on the board for OJ Group um, involved in UK, Ireland, Switzerland and our US businesses um, over the last few years and very, we're working very closely with, with Dean and the rest of the partners at Brighter to increase our uh, consulting offering as, as part of Brighter and um, yeah, very excited about the future of, of that business as well as uh, continuing to push forward OJ. Amazing. Well, thank you for, for joining us, Ben. I think it'd be great to learn a little bit more around, um, obviously, the, the relationship between Oliver James and Bryce and everything we're, we're sort of doing between the two of you. Um, so, Dean, if I could hand over to you, do you want to introduce yourself quickly? Yeah, mine's not as exciting as Ben, because I've only got one job. So, um, <laughs> so I sit as the, the group CEO of the uh, Brighter Group, which is obviously um, made up of different Brighter entities, um, which I've been doing for about nearly four years now. Um, and obviously working with with Ben and the team, as he alluded to, for the last kind of two and a half, three years, um, in trying to get the wheels moving on the business and, and getting us to where we want to get to. So, yeah, that's me. Amazing. Thanks, Dean. Um, so let's kick things off then. Um, in today's podcast, we'll be discussing all things um, Brighter Consultancy Group. Um, so, Dean, if I start with you, um, what does Brighter do? It's a good question, actually. So we do a variety of things. So as I mentioned before, we have various entities so if i can just start with the, the one we kick things off with brighter consultancy is kind of it does what it says on the tin really so we provide project and programs um, across a variety of different industries in many different guises whether that's you know digital transformation or data transformation it could be regulatory remediation um, working with regulators on behalf of a client <clears throat> um, some of those projects could have you know a handful of people or it could be into really big numbers uh, for some of the bigger deliverables that we do. Um, it's always a difficult question when somebody says, what do we do? Because it's kind of it's kind of um, evolved over the years because obviously our client demographic, our client base, if you like, is um, it's quite diverse now. So we have PPE companies, large insurance companies, data companies, um, so it's quite mixed. So initially we were probably focusing around the financial services markets um, but we've kind of diversed a little bit over the last few years because there's obviously a demand for the same types of resource in different industries so in a nutshell that's what kind of brighter consultancy does and then we also have two other entities which is um, brighter risk and compliance <clears throat> so within that uh, company we focus on remediation section 166 activity um, anything of a, a regulatory nature uh, where a company needs to could even need to get back on its feet, um, we provide you know SMEs and, and and people who've kind of been through the mill with this type of stuff before um, to scale up across different different organisations. And then lastly, we have Brighter Actuarial, which is obviously a specialised entity which focuses on the the actuarial industry. 
um, obviously very specialist, um, very knowledgeable people. So we realised that there's a, a big demand for those those types of resources. So we've made sure we've wrapped around service offerings and projects that can um, go and help people at very short notice. Does that help? Yeah, that's perfect. And in terms of, you know, you mentioned that you started off within the financial services industry. Um, why was um, Brighter established? I know you obviously mentioned you expanded into different areas because you saw there was obviously the potential and people needed, um, you know, your input in that area. But why was it initially started? Um, that's a good question again. I mean, it wasn't created with what it's become today. It's probably mm-hmm. my honest and transparent answer. So I created the consultancy so I've always surrounded myself with people that I've worked with, I trust implicitly, um, and I know they can go and do exactly what they need to do. Um, so I created the consultancy so that we could mobilise as a team, um, which we've done and still do to a certain extent. Um, obviously, things have accelerated tenfold since then, um, but that was the catalyst for creating the consultancy in the first the first instance. It's only when um, I picked up the phone to Ben one day, we've obviously accelerated things um, way beyond um, what we set out to do at the outset. Yeah. And how does it work in terms of your, um, obviously, the relationship between Oliver James and Brighter? Um, I presume, Ben, this is kind of where you come in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, echo echo Dean's sentiments there in terms of the business being on a, a, a evolutionary path. And we have diversified very much what we're offering to clients based on needs. Um, from, from my perspective, the recruitment industry, the quaternary sector in a in a sort of generalistic sense is going very much more in line of service offering quality of service and clients expect a lot more from us now both as OJ and brighter uh, in terms of value adding making sure that we're uh, providing above and beyond levels of service than perhaps we we expected or they expected from us in in the past so brighter is a business has been established to cater for those needs uh, alongside OJ, which provide a huge amount of support to Brighter uh, in terms of the, the client knowledge, the sector knowledge, expertise uh, when when we do win pieces of work in resource planning, um, but also you know relationships with clients that span for uh, you know for 15, 20 years in some cases. So. The, the two businesses complement each other. They do very different things. Uh, OJ are a, a business based around human capital and, and talent and finding the best possible talent for our clients and ensuring that we we deliver uh, that solution with, with a high level of service. Brighter is very different. Brighter takes client needs and can deliver anything from a small program to a multi-million pound project across uh, multiple entities internationally or nationally. Uh, it, it's all about service delivery. We're, we're a consultancy who pride ourselves on getting in, getting the job done and then leaving. Uh, I think if a lot of people who use consultancies have a look around their teams, they may see some of those consultants are still lingering after after being engaged many years ago. We don't want to do that. We want, we want to get in, uh, deliver the the piece of work that we've been asked to deliver, leave uh, a strong legacy. Uh, and, and then I'm sure if we've done a good job, which we have to date, that we'll be getting a call to go back. Um, that complements the OJ business model very well. So 
the interaction between the two companies is very strong. We leverage network, we, we leverage resourcing plans, and we obviously identify opportunities for each other, despite not being linked uh, sort of legally as, as part of the same group. We have a very strong business connection and uh, OJ are very proud to be uh, invested into and uh, have a seat on the board of Brighter. Okay, amazing. And what do you think, um, have, sort of, when uh, businesses look to um, different consulting groups, what are the benefits of having um, someone like a Brighter consultancy group that has the link with Oliver James? What benefit does that have for, for a business and a client? Well, I think any, any companies work with OJ know that we, we pride ourselves on have, having very high standards. We pride ourselves on being experts in our markets, in our sectors. Um, we are not the kind of business, this is uh, with my OJ hat on now, we're not the kind of business who burn through relationships, who are prepared to damage client relationships for small, quick wins. Um, we always try and put the client first. We always pride ourselves on having longevity within our, uh, within our market and our, within our relationships. So Brighter has 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 been born, you know, through through Dean and 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 his partners in a very similar mould, uh, and the synergy that we have because of that in sort of protecting and uh, and, and maximising our relationships with clients from a delivery and service perspective is really why we work so well together. Uh, from the OJ perspective, the financial services is, is obviously where Oliver James was born. It's it's where Brighter was born. So there's a lot of crossover in terms of network. People now identify as both as being separate service offerings, but working in a very similar way uh, from a quality and delivery uh, standpoint. And the benefit of the two is is very simple. It's that we, we complement each other perfectly. We help each other um, in a resourcing planning. Uh, we help each other from a network uh, perspective but also we are very much aligned in terms of culture and, and, and how we want to progress our our market uh, entry and, and hopefully uh, increasing market share so it's it, it's not as straightforward as you know three or four points that we, yeah. we do for each other it's very much more organic than that and we do more as businesses we do more for each other every day yeah. Dean, do you have anything to add on to that? Not really. I mean, it's something we've had to work at from day one, really. You don't go into these things <clears throat> blindfolded, right? So you kind of got to <clears throat> trust the people you're working with, understand them, understand their businesses. <clears throat> and like Ben says, it from day one, really, we, we both picked up that that was something that we could, we could work with, because if you couldn't, then we obviously couldn't proceed any further. But I can't think of any real instances where you know, our thought processes or, or ethos, et cetera, hasn't been aligned to a certain extent, which is probably testament to what Ben's just said. So in terms of the day to day, you know, it works. It works great. There's lots of interaction, lots of ideas, you know, things are developing by the hour in some instances, mm -hmm. So, which is great. And everybody is really buying into that across the OJ group as well. So we didn't go with a gung-ho approach with that either. We wanted to make sure that people understood who we were, where we sat in the market, what we wanted to do, what we wanted to achieve, medium, long term, etc. So we're constantly chipping away at that. Um, and I think looking from the outside in, I do think it's a very unique relationship. So, you know, without 
speaking out of turn, and it's only my personal opinion, a lot of recruitment companies that I see have kind of tried to develop their own consultancy uh, or rebranded in a certain way. Um, and it's very, I always use the example, it's very much like me going to try and do recruitment tomorrow. I'd fall flat on my face in the same way asking recruitment people to come and do consultancy type work. It's just not gonna, it's just not, it's not gonna work, it's not sustainable. And I do feel that's very evident to clients um, when you sit in front of them. So, you know, I can't go and talk to clients about recruitment activity plans, etc., because it's just not my area of expertise. So we have a very good model where then doors are opened and we go and talk about things that we know about. Um, and that credibility comes across straight away. So I do think it's quite a unique partnership in the market. And I can't really put my finger to many others are doing similar, to be honest. Don't be so uh, hard on yourself, Dean. I reckon you could give it a give it a good go. I've seen you in action. I've seen Three you on client side. You've you definitely got something. Yeah, no, no. no. I, I don't think I could put up with all the shiny suits. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're smart casual now, Oliver James. And, uh, yeah. Amazing. So you both um, you both touched upon the fact that obviously things have evolved since Bryce Consultancy Consultancy Group was obviously first first born, um, and Ben, you sort of touched on the service offering um, being sort of evolving alongside it. Um, in what way has it evolved? What have, what sort of differences have you noticed over the last uh, couple of years? Just let's say. So we, we've evolved very much in demand uh, well sorry on the back of the demand of our clients so when i think when we first entered the market along you know we started talking to dean and we we entered the market there was very much a um, hesitancy to work with smaller consultancies and you know there's been a dominance of, of big consultancies in the market for a number of years and also the contract market has plugged any project gaps or any business as usual uh, working that, that needed to be temporarily bolstered. So I think the market itself has almost evolved as a byproduct of changing regulatory landscapes, um, more price competition, uh, a, a sort of wider range of services offer, offering from companies like brighter so i don't think we have changed i think the whole industry is changing and i think companies now want to know that if they're engaging with you to deliver a piece of work you're going to give it your all you're going to deliver that piece of work you're going to do it in a time effective manner you're going to do it in a cost effective way and they want to know the people that they're working with i think there have been many many examples of conversations I've had with clients, uh, with Dean and, and um, with the other partners at Brighter in, in the concept stage of, of projects in the tender uh, period. And they're trying to look at other options from traditional consulting firms because they tend to not get exactly what they're looking for in the delivery of project phase. So what we're trying to do is keep consistency keep a really tight, very strong team together for the duration of the project. If Dean and I are involved in a pitch, we will be involved right the way through to the delivery till the, you know, right the, the last day we're, we're on site or we're working with a client. So 
it's very much about consistency and being an efficient partner to deliver project work. So that that's evolved very much from uh, a small marketplace to a much more competitive arena now. And I think there are blurred lines in the contract market and consulting where businesses would previously just go to contractors or just go to consulting. I think the market is very much more open now and clients are more interested in service and quality than just getting people through the door to do the work. I don't know if you'd agree with that, Dean. Yeah, I think from the conversations I've had and we've had together, Ben, I think clients and potential clients, they just they know and expect more now. So it's all about quality. Um, they want to know who they're going to get, what's going to be delivered. Obviously, the regulations that are in place now plays a hand to that for us as well. Um, but you've seen kind of consultancies popping up left, right and centre over the last 12 months in particular. Um, you know, people banding together and what have you. And I guess one of the beauties of the model that we've got is we're not spinning too many plates. You know, we, we do the work we know we can do because we know we can do it well. We won't go and do a piece of work for the sake of it. So we won't put a square peg in a round hole. So when we do go and speak to a client, we can do that really confidently with the case studies, the backstory, and the examples of where we've done similar work with counterparts, if you like. So, yeah, I think Ben's absolutely right. So there's, it's a big, there's a bigger playing field now. Um, but from my perspective, that's a good thing. It's a, much better than it, than it was before, if you like. Yeah, definitely. And um, oh, sorry, Ben, I think you're on mute. Sorry, Steph. Yeah, just <laughs> it's not to say that um, we we take absolutely everything on either. I, we, you know, as as any other business, we we always want to do a great job. Uh, we wouldn't ever take any piece of work on that we know we couldn't deliver. So although the market is more competitive, we're, we're being approached very frequently about taking on pieces of work. We, we very, very carefully consider every single project that we pitch for or every piece of work we agree to deliver. And uh, you know the quality would never be sacrificed um in a in a busier market uh, you know we are getting more interest but i think again the unique thing about brighter is that um we, we want to create a reputation and we want to continue to be experts in in the fields in which we operate we don't want to be a generalist and just be the biggest consultancy in the world uh, that would be nice but um I think for, for us, uh, the, the market that we're looking to enter is to be a specialist, renowned um, boutique in, 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 our, in our areas, consultancy who can be relied on to support our clients. I guess just as well, Steph, is, um, I've seen the other side of the coin here. So I've worked in companies, banks, for example, in the past where consultancies have come in. So I've seen the good and the bad if that makes sense. Yeah. So a lot of what I consider to be the good traits, the good working practices, um, and that's what we've built kind of our model and our ethos on so that we can talk about the bad as well, because that's not a bad thing to do. So I do talk about the bad with clients. Um, so we, we make sure we get the people who understand kind of what we put in place, why we've put it in place and, and why it works as well. 
Yeah, definitely. And, and obviously in episode two, we are going to go into a bit more of sort of the granular details of the, sort of the services and uh, the brighter approach. Um, so to sort of wrap up um, then for this episode, um, and this might be a question, you know, I'm, I'm in our marketing department. I'm not a consultant expert or recruitment expert, but why would um, a client use um, a consultancy services like Brighter, for example? This is where we see how good he is at sales, right? and why why use a consultancy why use brighter um yeah it's 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 the same difference i suppose you know obviously we we pride ourselves on 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 being the best in the market but uh, of course there are other consultancies out there clients use consultancies for a few reasons one is uh, it is an end-to-end service so rather than just getting in individual people who are talented in a specific area of expertise a consultancy will come and and create a team bespoke to delivering a a specific piece of work and the generally you have to pay a little bit more for that than you might do to hire people or to engage with contractors but the extra money tends to be worth the investment in in the uh, in the management the governance and the delivery of, of a piece of work. And obviously any anything you invest in a consultancy doesn't sit on your bottom line for years to come in terms of investment in, in headcount. So it, it's a very good way of delivering project work. Um, the accountability is a huge thing for our clients is that there are some pieces of work where they don't necessarily want to drag in all of their permanent employees to, to be involved in the delivery. They want to outsource the accountability for that piece of work being done by somebody who's perhaps done it before. So uh, in, in a number of instances at the moment, we're doing the same thing that we've done for lots of other businesses. We're very good at doing it. We're very quick at doing it. We have the technology that allows us to, to do it quickly. So in actual fact, engaging with a consultancy saves client money and creates efficiencies in the long run. Um, the, the, other, uh, the other side of it, of course, is... Um, is to generally get some external advice and the world is changing and the world always changes but we have knowledge um, as a business and we have ideas that does create um, new processes can create uh, business efficiencies for companies who are struggling perhaps in terms of where to go uh, what to do with a particular challenge so it's always good to get an external point of view to get a different idea different perspectives on on what you should do as a business at Oliver James we have many different advisors that we go to 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 get advice from brighter we we engage in a very senior network in the market we're always bouncing ideas around some trusted partners and I think that companies who want to change or are looking to uh, to engage in the support of a consultancy really value opinion and uh, value being challenged and uh, normally that leads to positive outcomes. Yeah amazing well um, Ben Dean one of the ways that I like to finish um, the podcast is by asking you both to give just a very brief uh, one-liner as to things that if lis- if our listeners could take anything away from this session what would it be just a very quick one-liner Dean if I start with you. Tough on that. I didn't think I'd be going first either. Um, <laughs> I think one of the takeaways for me is um, is what Ben and I 
talked about, you know, we've got a really unique partnership that doesn't really exist anywhere else in the market. So, you know, if somebody, you know, was looking to augment needing a recruitment requirement, but at the same time having project specific requirements as well, it's something we can we can do. You know, we can do multiple things for, for a client without them realizing they probably need multiple things. So I think the unique position we find ourselves in the market will be my one takeaway from today's session, I think. Okay. Amazing. And Ben? We have still Ben's thunder. <laughs> yeah, exactly what I was gonna say. No, I I think my my one liner would be embrace change. Change is good for markets, change is good for companies. Opinions and influence in your internal processes and internal workings is always good. So be open to conversations, be open to new ideas and um, and embrace change. Change often is a very scary thing for lots of businesses, for lots of people. And uh, often change brings about the most incredible things in business. So uh, engage in change, embrace it and, and give us a call. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> So that's it from us today. Um, so thank you, Ben, Dean, for your time. Um, and thank you to our listeners. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode as we delve deeper into the brighter approach um, and into operational and regu regulate regulatory change. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you head over to our LinkedIn page, you can stay up to date on all things Oliver James. See you next time.